Several weeks ago on the Feast of the Holy Family, we took a very brief look at the devil's plan to convert or to create unholy families. Let's review. We saw that Our Lady of Fatima warned mankind that if we didn't stop offending God, Russia would spread her errors throughout the world. We saw this evil could only be conquered by a worldwide crusade of penance and through the intercession of Our Lady. We saw that the errors of Russia were spread so rapidly throughout the world by means of diabolical propaganda, as the Holy Father pointed out, has been poured out through various media sources from one point. We also saw that the communists were aided by a conspiracy of silence in the non-Catholic press due to political concerns and Masonic influences. We took a quick look at some of the errors. For example, that women be allowed to work in factories on an equal basis with men, divorce be made free and easy, definite roles for the two sexes be eliminated, that only absolute equality between men is permitted, which means no God over man, no pope or bishops or priests over the faithful, no husband over wife and the kids, and no parents over the children. We saw the notion of the homemaker or the woman as homemaker should be eliminated, that being a housewife and stay-at-home mom are despised anti-revolutionary bourgeois activities. We saw that child care should be communalized, that the state should take total responsibility for the education and training of children, that the stigma and even the very concept of illegitimacy should be eliminated, that the definition of the family should be made flexible and open, and that sexual activity should be unrestrained. In other words, we saw another name for the whole series of the heirs of Russia about the family, is feminism. Now before we turn to Heaven's plan, Today, let's spend a few minutes considering the plans of those allies of the communists in this attack on the family, and that's the Freemasons. As we saw last time, the popes have repeatedly warned us that their leaders are possessed by the spirit of Satan, and they burn like him with a deadly hatred for Jesus Christ and his church. Pope Pius XII himself pointed out that Freemasonry is the mother of this modern apostasy. Keep in mind that apostasy means the total rejection of the Catholic faith. How is it that the Freemasons gave birth to this terrible apostasy that we all find ourselves struggling in? How could they cause apostasy? What was or what is the method that they have employed? A modern saint who spent his life combating the Freemasons spells out the answers to these questions. Let's briefly consider what that saint, St. Maximilian Kolbe, has to say about the method of the Freemasons. In three points, St. Maximilian summarizes their attack upon the Church. First point, the Masonic rule is destroy all teaching about God, especially Catholic teaching. Second point, the Masons teach that Catholicism can be overcome not by logical argument, but by corrupted morals. Third point, the Masons corrupt morals with impure act, arts and literature, like pornography, and by promoting wicked, sinful lifestyles. That's St. Maximilian. But as helpful as that summary of their program might be, God so arranged things that in the 1800s, the top secret plans of the very highest ranking Masons, 
those most closely associated with the devil himself, fell into the hands of the Holy See. The popes ordered that these plans be published. Here's a series of quotes that have been cut and pasted for the sake of time, taken from these very documents that fell into the hands of the Holy See. Listen carefully. These things are really worth pondering. Quote, now these are the enemies of God. Quote, the work which we have undertaken is not the work of a day, nor of a month, nor of a year. It may last many years, a century perhaps, but in our ranks the soldier dies and the fight continues. Let us prepare our arms in the silence of the lodges. Let us then never cease to corrupt. Let us not make martyrs, but let us popularize vice amongst the multitudes. Let us cause them to draw it in by their five senses, to drink it in, to be saturated with it. Make vicious hearts, and you will have no more Catholics. Close quote. Let us then never cease to corrupt. Let us not make martyrs. See, they learned a lesson in the French Revolution. They provoked a reaction. Let us not make martyrs, but let us popularize vice amongst the multitudes. Let us cause them to drink it in by their five senses, to drink it in, be saturated with it, make vicious hearts, and you have no more Catholics. That's bad enough. There's a lot to ponder already. But as we'll see in the next quote, they're very specific about exactly how they plan to accomplish these goals. Quote, Keep the priests away from labor, from the altar, from virtue. Seek adroitly to otherwise occupy his thoughts and his hours. Make him lazy, a gourmet, politically active. He will become ambitious, intriguing, and perverse. This corruption en masse that we have undertaken, the corruption of the people by the clergy, and the corruption of the clergy by ourselves, the corruption which ought one day to enable us to put the church in her tomb. Close quote. Keep the priest away from labor, the altar, from virtue. Seek to occupy his thoughts and his hours, make him lazy, a gourmet, and politically active, and he'll become ambitious, intriguing, and perverse. Keep the priest away from labor, altar, and virtue, and he will become perverse. Let's continue. Quote, One of our friends said to us, In order to destroy Catholicism, it is necessary to commence by suppressing woman. The words are true in a sense, but since we cannot suppress woman, let us corrupt her, because when the best are corrupted, they become the worst. The best dagger with which to strike the church is corruption to the work's end, to the very end. Close quote. In order to destroy Catholicism, it is necessary to commence by suppressing woman. Since we cannot suppress woman, let us corrupt her with the church 
because when the best are corrupted, they become the worst. Shades of the Garden of Eden. Okay, quick review. What have we seen in the secret plans of the Freemasons published by order of the popes in the 1800s? First, they're prepared for long-term battle, even lasting a century or more. Second, they intend to saturate society with vice and corruption, specifically ordering to destroy Catholicism. Third, they intend to corrupt priests by keeping them away from their work, altar, and virtue, and thus priests will become perverse. And fourth, since it's impossible to destroy the Catholicism as long as the women are good, it's essential to corrupt them. That was written over 160 years ago. Let's just ponder a few of the developments since then. Corruption of priests. Bella Dodd was a communist who served as legal counsel to the Communist Party in the United States until she encountered Bishop Sheen, who brought her into the church by a miracle of grace. She stated, quote, in the 1930s, we put 1,100 men into the priesthood in order to destroy the church from within. These young men weren't necessarily communists. They were young radicals, and the idea was for them to be ordained and then strive for positions of influence and authority. In 1953, Manning Johnson, another formal official of the Communist Party here in the United States, testified before the House Un-American Activities Committee, quote, the tactic of infiltration of religious organizations was set up by the Kremlin. In the earliest stages, it was determined that it would be necessary to concentrate communist agents in the seminaries because these institutions would make it possible for a small communist minority to influence the ideology of future clergymen in paths conducive to communist purposes." Close quote. As Our Lady had warned, if we didn't stop offending God, Russia would spread her errors throughout the world. Corruption of women. In 1928, Pope Pius XI said, quote, there's a sad forgetfulness of Christian modesty especially in the life and dress of women. That same year, the International Review of Freemasonry said, quote, Religion does not fear the dagger's point, but it can vanish under corruption. Let us not grow tired of corruption. We may use a pretext such as sport, hygiene, health resorts. It is necessary to corrupt their boys and girls practice nudism and dress. To avoid too much reaction, one would have to progress in a methodical manner. First, undress up to the elbow, then up to the knees, then arms and legs completely uncovered. Later, the upper part of the chest, the shoulders, etc., etc., etc. Remember Our Lady of Fatima's warnings, quote, more souls go to hell for sins of the flesh than for any other reason. Certain fashions will be introduced which will offend our Divine Lord very much. 
those who serve God ought to not follow those fashions. The church has no fashions. Our Lord is always the same. Close quote. The Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. Our Lady warns about corrupt fashions. The popes have warned over and over again about corrupt fashions. But this methodical corruption continues unabated right up to our present day. See, when the serpent really wants to take out a society, really wants to take them out, he attacks the woman. As Nikolai Lenin said, the success of a revolution depends upon the degree of participation by the women. And speaking of revolutions, why was this modern corruption of morals called the sexual revolution? Was that just some kind of accident? Does anyone here know who actually coined that term? It's coined by a name, man named Wilhelm Reich. Reich was a psychoanalyst from the school of Sigmund Freud, the communist. As E. Michael Jones has pointed out, Reich discovered that the best way to attack the social system, which rested upon the authority of the Father, the Father who represents the authority of God the Father on earth, was to persuade young people to engage in sexual activity before marriage. Sex was to be used as an instrument of the revolution. Once God was out of the picture, the authority of the Father disappeared and with that, the entire social order based on the moral order collapsed since sexual morality is the foundation of social order. Obviously, in these matters, the man is easy. They're a lot weaker. The problem here was the woman. The success of a revolution depends upon the degree of participation by women. Reich saw that when he was dealing with an individual woman, he had a very hard time breaking down her moral standards and inhibitions. As long as she was difficult to corrupt, this revolution could not move forward. Now we'll be delicate here. Reich discovered that if he took that same woman and placed her in a large group, a crowd, a class, in which forbidden things were being discussed or acted out, then, in that atmosphere of social pressure, the forbidden behavior would assume a socially accepted status, and the woman would then have a difficult time upholding moral standards and ambitions. In order to understand the culture war we're in, we have to understand this point. By the study of feminine psychology, and I'd like to suggest by the inspiration probably of the devil, Reich discovered a way to effectively corrupt women in mass numbers. And eventually, the difficulty difficult stuff. But immerse them in a social situation where it seems like everyone's doing it, and they'll have a difficult time preserving their moral standards and their inhibitions. The techniques suggested by Reich in breaking down the moral inhibitions of women were applied literally right out of the books in all kinds of things. For example, Woodstock and similar music festivals. They're used today in so-called sex ed classes, 
college campuses. The fashion industry and certainly the porn-drenched media all play a crucial role in sustaining this kind of an atmosphere. Because after all, the success of a revolution depends upon the degree of participation by women. If that sounds far-fetched or unbelievable, listen to this. Now this is not taken from a story from Reich. I just was reading it the other day and I said, well, here we are. I was already writing this sermon and it's a concrete example. It's not contrived. In a recent lecture at Loyola College in Baltimore, that's a Catholic college in Baltimore, okay, the professor stated that sexual promiscuity and hooking up among college students is voluntary. That doesn't seem controversial, huh? His point was that sex among college students is voluntary at this Catholic college. Now remember that Wright claims that if women, a woman is placed in a large group in which forbidden things are discussed or acted out, then in that atmosphere of social pressure, she'll have a difficult time upholding her standards. And in the light of his claims, listen to the response to the professor's statement that sex among college students are voluntary. Quote, a young woman and dormitory resident advisor walked up to me afterwards and chided me. Doctor, you are mistaken about that. The peer pressure and the way things are set up make promiscuity practically obligatory. It doesn't matter what the school says officially. The rules are to be broken. This freedom can make girls dizzy and unsure of whatever else they believe about saving oneself for marriage. When it seems like everyone else is doing it, it is hard to say no. I deal with it, or more frequently turn my eyes from it, every day as an RA. Close quote. The peer pressure and the way things are set up make promiscuity practically obligatory. This freedom makes girls dizzy and unsure of whatever they believe about saving themselves for marriage. When everyone else is doing it, it's hard to say no. I'm a priest and it's hard to read that without being emotional. And I've heard it all. Elsewhere in the essay, the professor writes, quote, In most American college co-ed dorms, the flesh of our daughters is being served up daily like snack jerky. The gates are wide open and no guards have been posted. Nor are our daughters the only ones getting hurt. The sex carnival that is college life today is also doing great damage to our son's characters. I'm witnessing a perceptible dissipation of manly virtue and the young men I teach. I'm prepared to ask whether America might not be lost because the great middle class was persuaded they must send their children to college with no questions asked, when in fact this is the near equivalent of committing their sons and daughters to one of the circles of Dante's Inferno, close quote. Lenin is absolutely right. The success of a revolution depends upon the degree of participation by women. That's true. That is how it works. There's one other item worth noting. William Reich saw clearly that the idea of God evaporated 
from the minds of seminarians who became enmeshed in sexual vice. Okay, let's review. We've seen in the secret plans of the Freemasons of the 1800s, they're prepared for long battle, even a century or more. They intended to saturate society with vice and corruption in order to destroy Catholicism. They intended to corrupt priests by keeping them away from labor, altar, the practice of virtue. By this means, they would become perverse. They realized since it was impossible to destroy Catholicism as long as the women are good, they must be corrupted. We've seen with regard to the corruption of priests that by the 30s, the communists embarked on a deliberate program of inserting radicals into the seminaries. With regard to the corruption of women, the Freemasons embarked on a deliberate program of gradually increasing the modesty of dress. And the revolutionaries realized that the best way to attack and overthrow the social system was to persuade young people to become sexually active before marriage. They discovered that a woman's natural resistance to corruption and her natural modesty could be overcome if they immersed her in a social situation in which everyone's doing it. In that situation, because of her sensitive feminine psychology, she would have a difficult time preserving her own moral standards and inhibitions. Since this discovery, social situations have been deliberately created and are being deliberately created in classrooms, college dorms, and the media, which lead immediately to this kind of corruption and make the so-called sexual revolution possible. Let's close. We've seen the devil's plan. What should we do besides the obvious? Blessed Pius IX, quote, Give me an army, saying the rosary, and I will conquer the world. Pope Pius XI, the rosary is a powerful weapon to put the demons to flight and to keep oneself from sin. It overcomes the enemies of God and of religion. It nourishes our Catholic faith. If you desire peace in your hearts, in your homes, and in your country, assemble each evening to say the rosary. Let not even one day pass without saying it, no matter how burdened you may be with many cares and labors. If you desire peace in your hearts, in your homes, and in our beloved country, say your rosary every day. Say your rosary.